all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm your host, as always, Danielle Boer. Woohoo! I'm excited about today's guest. She is awesome. And I like to learn, so I'm going to ask her some questions. And she's interesting. I love it. So, Kristen Mays, welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome for having me. Thank you for coming. So, I'm just going to have you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get started. Okay. Uh, My name is Kristen Mays. I am 31. I live in Wisconsin with my husband, Jason. We have a little two-acre homestead uh, that we started about four years ago, and I just started my business last year, so my business is I make jewelry and art with animal bones, and I also have a podcast called Live Your Passion, where I talk about living a life that you love, and I'm doing that right now, so I figured, you know what, I'm going to start right at the beginning. I want to show entrepreneurship from the beginning all the way to success so that's what I'm doing right now just sharing my entire journey and it's been fun that is so awesome so since you mentioned the podcast and we're on a podcast uh, I wasn't going to start there but so when you started your podcast and I love the name of it it's so awesome do you just do like one-on-one interviews or do you have like like what how what kind of podcast is it? is it like is it educational or is it just people that are really like you said they're just entrepreneurs and you're trying to help them through it 
I don't know. That didn't make sense. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Um, yeah. So the podcast actually started as the Homestead Adventure because when I started my homestead, I knew I wanted to have a business of some sort. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to share my journey of homesteading. So I started a YouTube channel called the Homestead Adventure. Oh. And I started showing different things around the homestead. I'm like, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. And then I was listening to a lot of podcasts, um, mostly personal development and business podcasts. And they all said, if you want to have a business, start a podcast. So I was like, no, I'm going to do that too. So it started as the Homestead Adventure because when I was talking to people about it, they're like, you know, you don't want to have too many business names. You already have two different business names. Uh, you don't want to have a third. Um, so I was like, okay, then I guess I'm going to be talking about homesteading. So I started that and then it just felt very inauthentic and I wasn't staying consistent with it because I just didn't want to talk about that all the time. But, you know, like it's what I love to do, but I don't want to, you know, come up with more how to's on another platform. Mm-hmm. So I realized what I really like to talk about was the personal development part of it, like the stuff I was listening to. And I was like, well, I'm just going to be copying these people if I do that. But then I realized nobody's going to say it like I am, like I'm the only me. So I'm not copying anybody else by sharing what's on my heart. So then I I changed it to live your passion because I was like, you know what? I want to share living all kinds of passions and just living your best life. And so it started with just solo episodes. Um, I was just talking about my journey and then I decided I should get some guests on. And a lot of it was I just kind of wanted to. I thought it would help promote it. And then I started getting guests on and it started getting really interesting. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I posted in this group, need a guest and I got like 50 responses. So then I, I got like 20 different guests that I, I've been doing interviews for a couple of weeks. So I have like a month long of doing all these interviews and it's been great and also very stressful because I'm like, yeah. I've never had <laughs> this many people to you know, like counting on me before. So yeah, it started off a little scary. And I was like, I'm terrible at interviewing and all this stuff. But I'm, then I realized, you know what? I, every new thing, you're going to be bad at every new thing when you just start. And everybody's got that imposter syndrome in them that you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, that these people are more professional than me. All this stuff comes up. And you just got to work through that and realize that, you know what, it's going to be rocky at first, but you're going to get better at it. So probably around my 10th interview, it started getting better and I started feeling more relaxed and I actually got really excited about these people and I wasn't thinking about just me anymore. And I was like, I really love what this person has to say. Like this one went really well. And so now I'm getting really excited. So what started off like as something about, you know, I want to promote more. Now it's becoming more authentic. And I think I'm going to lean a little bit more towards that. But I also really do still like the the solo episodes as well. Yeah, I love talking to people. And so um, it's really funny because like the episodes I've done by myself, I've only done three by myself, I think. Um, But 
they don't get as much listens as if I'm interviewing someone <laughs> because I think that people like when I go back and forth with someone and like I know and I love people and I'm silly so like I make it like oh and people are like oh boy I don't do that by myself you know <laughs> because that's weird <laughs> I'm not gonna be like just laughing at myself or whatever um but yeah I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah yes I could um no but I really I really um I love it too it's very fun and I love meeting people from different like cultures countries different things and it's really cool the only thing that's hard for me is the time difference like when I interview people from Australia or something it's so hard yeah. to schedule it's like 14 hours ahead or 13 hours I'm like oh my goodness um you're in the next day and I'm confused <laughs> yeah um so all right now I'm going to ask you a silly question what exactly is a homestead is it like a farm or what is a homestead? Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember I haven't hadn't used this term until I got into it because I didn't know what it was either. I thought homestead just meant a home, you know, a house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, a homestead is kind of like a hobby farm. So it's basically, you know, a small farm, but you're not a commercial farm. You just grow your own food and um, you can things and uh, you're just self-sustainable. So for me, my homestead is I grow my own vegetables and fruit and I even grow some nuts and I I can my own food. I raise my own meat animals. Um, so pretty much most of the meat we eat is from the farm. Most of the vegetables we eat are from the farm. Um, I have chickens for eggs, so I never have to buy eggs. I've got about 5,000 in my fridge right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's all about self-sustainability, growing and raising your own food mostly, and then um, kind of learning primitive ways of life almost, I guess, <laughs> like learning, uh, you know, a lot of people have their own like solar energy or um, like we have our own well. There's a lot more that can go into it, but you don't have to go like completely off-grid to homestead. Um, you can if you want, but we're... Uh, I really like to learn how to do my own things. Like I even got into, I wanted to learn how to make my own leather, which yeah. I'm not actually doing right now. I, I was tanning pelts at one point, but I realized it was a lot more work than it was worth. Um, but I do, uh, so I don't do full taxidermy, but I work with the bones and the feet and the skulls of of the meat animals. And it kind of started from raising my own animals. And then not wanting any of it to go to waste. So then I started making things out of them and then selling them. And I'm like, well, this is what my business can be. Because I knew I wanted a business. I just didn't know what it was until I just started trying things. That's cool. So that's what all that is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So when you're, when you had that idea, like, let's make jewelry out of these bones what was the first thing that you that you made like that you tried to make yes absolutely so this kind of this is a whole journey here and i can go back to the beginning so so pretty much my whole life i didn't know what i wanted to do um and getting into uh getting into school you know you, you get that sheet of paper first day of kindergarten what do you want to be when you grow up and you got these boxes of like five different areas 
and you have to choose one. And so my whole life, I thought I had to fit in the side of box. And so I went, I struggled so much trying to find a career, you know, or some way to make money. And I hated all of it. And then I decided a long time ago that I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know what it was. And I still struggled with it for a long time. And then I started bartending and I started making money and I had a flexible schedule. I was working 20 hours a week. I didn't have to work more than that. And then that's when I stopped worrying about it so much. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to relax for a little bit and see where things go and stop trying to force everything. And that's when I decided to have a homestead. I, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to do with my life. I'm just going to enjoy my life right now in this moment. So I got obsessed with plants before I, I went on to buy a homestead. And I was like, in order to grow these plants, I need some room. I need some land. So that's where that started. And then I was researching a lot of different things on what kind of business do I want. And it started with, I want to make goat milk soap. So I was like, okay, I want to make goat milk soap. So I spent like three years collecting all the recipes of all the different kinds of soap I can make and like lotions and anything that's similar. And then I waited till we got the homestead. Then I waited till I got goats. And then I waited till she had kids. Then I waited till I milked the goat. And then I made my first bar of soap. And then I made my second one. And then I made about five batches and realized I don't enjoy this. No. <laughs> so I, I spent three years researching oh, man. the stuff and trying to make it perfect before I started. And that kind of changed my life completely because I was like, you know what? I never want to waste my time stuck in research mode again. Like I have to get out there and actually do it in order to make any change. And I'm not getting any younger. You know, I'm 31 now. I don't want to wait until I'm 50 before I actually start something. Yeah. So, so then I started actually doing things and I, I just started trying a bunch of different things and I went, started raising meat rabbits. And when I was raising these rabbits, I, um, I remembered, you know, rabbit foot keychains when we were kids, you know, mm -hmm. uh, lucky rabbit foot keychains. And I was like, you know what? I can make that out of this. Like, so I made them and it was fun for me. Like, um, I, I obviously had to go through a lot of, you know, personal struggles with, you know, learning how to kill animals first. Cause that wasn't easy for me. Like, but I went through all these internal struggles of, do I want to be vegan? The answer was no. So then I was like, okay, well, if I want to be self-sufficient, I should raise some meat animals so that I'm not supporting these large factory farms. And so I'm creating more food for the world by creating, by creating food for myself. And so it's kind of started with that. And I just made these keychains and they became a best-selling item on Etsy within three months. And then I was like, and then I was like, what else can I use from this animal? I don't want any of it to go to waste. So then I started saving the skulls and I made these skull necklaces. And then I I also kind of started with herbs too. And then I realized that I like doing this stuff better. I like uh, creating art and I like the 
the creepy oddities part of it. So I was like, I like doing this. And that's where it all started and how it's progressed. And I started collecting more bones and, and I even branched out to do like, um, like coyote bones and things like that wow. from Trapper. So, so it started with my own farm. It started with not wanting any of it to go to waste. It started with wanting to have my own business and, I'm also very artistic, so I wanted to use my artistic side in my business. And then it's just, it keeps progressing. And and I'm, I feel like I finally have a direction with where I'm going with things. And I get excited about it. And I, I love making like necklaces out of teeth and, um, and skull mounts. I'm doing like artistic skull mounts now. So it's a lot of fun. That's cool. So... Let me ask you a question because I have a weird background, not with bones, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm actually a nurse, uh, but but I don't I try to help heal of bones. But so my question is, OK, I was a wedding photographer. Have you ever and you can't really send those in the mail, um, but have you ever thought about doing like. Um, like headpieces and different things with the bones or have you tried that because there's a lot of weddings especially like October weddings and different things that I think that that would be I don't know if you've done it but if you venture out into that like even the bones and I know I'm not saying you have to start doing flowers but like even the bones and floral arrangements or like in the bouquets like I've seen a lot of those that really you know, might help you kind of venture out into that. Have you tried anything like that yet? Like you mean like had pieces like tiaras made out of or, bones yeah, or like something? yeah, like that. You know what I have. Um I just haven't quite gotten there because I have every idea that I could possibly have. Um <laughs> I've always been very thorough like that. I literally have thousands and thousands of pages of ideas from the past when I would be stuck in research mode. So I still have that in me where I'm like, I look at every single possibility I could ever do. So yes, I have definitely thought about that. Um, I have so many ideas. And then when I look at what I actually have, I'm like, that's it. That's all I have so far. <laughs> because I, in my mind, I've done all this stuff. Um, but it's, it's very time consuming, especially when I'm cleaning the bones myself. You know, I got to skin it. I've got to uh, wow. take all the flesh off got to feed it to the beetles got to de uh, degrease it then I got to whiten it then I got to paint it you know it's like there's a whole process when you're cleaning the bones yourself and uh and then there's also the fact that I'm remodeling my entire house and I'm, I'm still working on the oh. weekends I still have my homestead you know I, I still take care of the animals and and the plants and so it's definitely going slower than I want it to but I still I get really excited about all these ideas that I have so that is on the list but I just haven't quite gotten that well yeah so thank you for explaining oh my gosh like how I don't want to say hard but that's a lot of, a long process to do like yeah. even if it's like a tiny little <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. okay so you just explained everything and then you you oh my you skin it yourself and then explain about the beetle part do they just eat the flesh the rest of the flesh off or yes yeah so I just got my flesh eating beetles they're called dermestid beetles oh. 
Um, so I probably had them for about a month. Before that, I was trying maceration, which is you put the skull in a bucket of heated water for about a month until the flesh rots off and the bacteria kind of rots it off. And it was the worst smell I've ever smelled. <laughs> I knew it was going to be bad, but it was it was terrible. Oh. And I decided I don't want to do that. Well, it wasn't just the smell, but it was that I had to open the bucket, get in there, like peel the goo off. And it was it was touching me <laughs> like, well, of course, the gloves I was using. But then like everything smelled. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, like, I like what I do, but I don't want to do that. That's gross. <laughs> that doesn't so, sound fun. Yeah. So I'm totally fine, you know, skinning heads, gouging out eyeballs, cutting out tongues. I'm totally fine with all that. I even just built a brain blaster to blast out brains, <laughs> you know. So, so I'm totally fine doing that, but I just don't like, you know, the smell of maceration. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to keep doing this, I need to find a better way. So I got, I finally got some beetles. I had thought about it for about a year and it's been going really smoothly they they eat very fast I, I feed them bones every two days and so i um i do the most that i can before i put them in there i get i get most of the flesh off and then i actually have to like let the skull dry um by a fan so it kind of like turns into jerky like and then feed it to them i can't feed them wet bones so there is still a process but they take care of like all the rest of the flesh that I can't get to, you know, trying to pick out brains with a stick isn't very fun. <laughs> it's very time consuming. No. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So cool. Go ahead. Thing. Sorry. No, that's okay. Thank you. This is so cool. So I was excited to talk to you because I'm like, I have never talked to anybody that I've, probably I have but we didn't really speak about it so the you're really helping teach us like what the process is and it's my I just want to say kudos to you because I have which is one of my jokes um I was the one stand-up comedy um Dr. TikTok he um diagnosed me with anxiety and ADHD I cannot <laughs> like I would drive me crazy like the whole process of I think after like step three, I would be like, oh, oh, well, <laughs> but you know, once you see the end result and you see how beautiful it looks and people are wanting it and buying it. And then if you ever saw somebody wearing that would make you feel good. And then I guess that would motivate me to keep doing it, but good for you. And you're only 31. That's awesome. Like I am 40. And so last year I just started doing all these things I wanted to do. Definitely not what you're doing I wouldn't be brave enough to do that but I like started stand-up comedy and started the podcast and started becoming a life coach and became a co-author of a book that's supposed to be published this year so I started doing all these things that I was always scared to do and also I'm not like you I wish I was I'm not that big of a researcher I'm like impulsive as heck <laughs> I'm like I want to do this let me figure it out in five minutes. All right. And then, and then I'm like, <laughs> so well, go ahead. You know, sometimes I wish I was that way because like I said, I can go years researching something and because I'm just, I, I'm crazy that way. I'm just, I'm insane. I'm like, why? Yeah, like, crazy. 
I did that with no, no, but like with like recipes. I spent like ten years collecting all these recipes because I it started with I wanted to eat healthier, and then I went all obsessed with <laughs> finding all the Pinterest recipes. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I wish I was more impulsive, but I'm learning to not research the hell out of things before I do it. And oh, that saved me a lot of time. That's good. See, cause like, well, that's just different personalities. Like, just like with me, if I researched it that long, I would get bored of it and I wouldn't ever start it. So mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that like, I have to literally, I have to start because then I'll never start. So that's the only reason I'm like that. But my sister is very much a researcher. My fiance is very much like he wants to start this business and he has been learning the ups and downs and all the stuff before we even buy the equipment or do anything like he's learning, you know, he's like, I need a 200 foot hose. I need this. I need that. So that's good to be like that. And I see, I think you always want to be something you're not <laughs> because I want to be yeah. more like that <laughs> because because I'm like, well, most of the time it gives you better results. I mean, maybe not three years of researching it, but, you know, figuring out what you need to do first is pretty smart than just, I'm not saying I would just jump into it without knowing anything. Well, that's really goofy. I don't do that. I might figure it out for a little bit and be like, well, okay. And then, but that's honestly how my one business I wanted to do, how it failed. Cause I had no clue what I was doing. And I got frustrated. I made one thing and got frustrated and never did it again. Well, that's not smart either. Then I wasted money, wasted time. So yeah, I think we're always just like me. I want curly hair, but my daughter has curly hair and she wants straight hair. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you always, you always want what you can't have. Um, so with the edible plants, what exactly? So I know like, well, those are herbs though. Cause I was thinking of like, mint and parsley so what edible plants were you into before you even started the homestead okay so this goes along with my over research so literally every plant on the face of the earth I wanted to learn about and grow wow <laughs> every plant so I spent I also spent years like collecting every single plant that I could possibly learn about put it in like a word document, copied and pasted. And I started with A to Z. And I, oh my I went goodness. to the site on, on the face of the planet. Like, okay, these are all, all the plants that they're telling me about. So I collected all these, then I organized it into A to Z and kind of went down to, okay, these are all the plants that I can learn about. And then I went in, started with A. I learned about agrimony. What is it good for? How do you grow it? where does it grow so yeah I went through that too <laughs> and uh so I wanted to learn about every single plant that I could and that's that's how crazy I've been in the past about things and I do still research I do still um I always buy books on something I want to learn like right now I'm I want to learn about electroforming which is you put it in like an acid bath with um copper rods and electricity and it transfers copper onto whatever you want so i want to do that oh. with like some of my like chicken skulls are too delicate to make into jewelry so i want to encase it in copper so i want to learn how to do that so so i bought like books about it I, i'm uh watching youtube videos i i join facebook groups so i do still research but i'm learning to take the action before i research the hell out of something 
and, and learn as I go. And, and that I did that with like the skulls too, was I started with boiling and then I learned that wasn't good. So then I went to maceration, learned I didn't want to do that. And now I went on to beetles and I, that was more of an investment. So I did wait and, and I'm glad that I I'm doing it now. And I'm glad I did the other stuff because I learned, I learned what yeah. not to do. So, so yeah, with plants, uh, I, I did that. And then, and then I, um, I started the homestead. I started a garden that was way too big and I wanted a hundred different plants and I did a hundred different plants and probably only got about 10% back on it because it was too big. And it was my first time doing a garden. So I didn't know all the stuff. I didn't know anything about mulch or, or things like that, but I learned by doing it. And I'm learning that I learned a lot faster by making mistakes. So now I'm taking the time to make those mistakes being okay with making mistakes, um, trying not to kill myself with all this stress of trying to do too many things at once. And I'm learning to scale back and being okay with not having every single plant on the face of the earth. <laughs> well, see, I think that's a great point that you just made. And that's how I learn. So that's why I just do stuff like eventually, because you do learn better and you grow from literally doing it the wrong way or doing it maybe like a harder way or whatever way and then like you develop a better like plan or whatever process from learning those or making mistakes like honestly I mean I think that in everything we do that's what makes you stronger as well like if you started your homestead and everything went perfect, if one little thing went wrong, you would be like, well, maybe not you, but I'm just talking in general. Yeah. They would be like, ah! you know, and, and that's the thing in life is that we have ups and downs. And so the fact is that you don't give up. That's amazing. You like are tough. You're like, nope, let me figure this out. Okay. Okay. That didn't work. So, you know, um, I'm going to go. And some people that research that much that would devastate them if if it didn't go as planned so that's great that you just um adapt and adjust and you're like okay let's try this out and and now you're doing it a much easier way a faster way a better way and that's wonderful so let me ask you about now i cannot this is funny okay maybe not funny if you like plants it's a little bit funny um, I made, <laughs> I made a joke. My, my sister had greenhouses. So like, she's my, um, she's my half sister and, um, her other dad, they owned all these greenhouses. And so, um, anyway, so she took over one of the greenhouses. So she, but she grew up with it. So she knew what to do. Of course, like that's what they did. They always went to all of them. She was taught how to take care of the plants and the vegetables whatever whatever and so I went and helped her uh one time oh my gosh no more than once but I did not know there was so many types of tomatoes that I looked like a moron like people came up to me and they're like where is the beef eater and I'm like there's no meat here <laughs> and they're like really what's wrong with you why are you working on a greenhouse <laughs> so it took me a couple days to like just literally when nobody was no customers were there I had to walk around and look at names and things and like start figuring it out like 
what are these plants or like what, you know, do they need sunlight? Do they need shade? I don't know any of this stuff. And so it was really intense and which sounds really dorky of me, but I did not understand. And she grew up, they have a farm. So she grew up, you know, doing the greenhouse and living on a farm. That's normal to her. But somebody like me, I lived in Germany twice. We, we went all around. So we lived in cities a lot and on military bases. I don't know anything about that, but I mean, I love it and it's amazing, but I don't. So my joke is that I, it's not nice because it reminds me of like human death, but I don't mean it like that. Uh, but I say that I have a blue thumb instead of a green thumb because <laughs> I, I cannot keep plants alive. Uh, my sister's staying with me now. She's a nurse too. And she's traveling from West Virginia to here. And on her, like she has a little deck on the room and um, she just got more plants. I just saw them today. I was like, Oh, you got more, but she has beautiful. And she has her little um, she's growing mint parsley and something else like, and so her plant, she had the one plant for, I don't know, five, four, three years. I don't know. That's not even close. Five, four, three, but a lot of years and it looks so pretty. And I'm like, Nope. She gave me one one time. Can't even keep it alive for like two weeks. It's sad. So how did you adjust? You said you had too many, like a hundred. That's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But they all need different things, like different soil and different, um, you know, some need the shade, some need a lot of light. So how did you adjust it to now? Like what what changes did you have to make to basically have as many plants as you could but keep them alive and thriving yes so that that is the good thing about my my over researching was that it is a lot more complicated than people think they're like for every single type of plant there's hundreds of varieties like i said there can be hundreds of varieties of tomatoes like things that we don't even know one year i bought white tomatoes like there's so many things wow yeah <laughs> and um and I, I, I loved learning about the, the really crazy ones. Like I bought a plant called strawberry spinach, which was like spinach, but also had little uh, red berries on it. And then there's there's so many like really cool things. Of, like I want to grow the white strawberries. And and I also bought like white blackberries. Like um, and when I did uh, when I did fruit trees, I, I spent probably a good six months searching for like so I'm like, okay, so I want all the fruit trees, which of course I did. I have about 40 different varieties of fruit. Wow. And I, yep. And then I was like, okay, so let's start with apples. What kind of apples do I want? So I looked up all the different types of apples. I picked the ones that will grow in my zone. So I kind of like, I start with everything and then I, and then I go down, down the list. Okay. Does this grow in my zone? Is it tough to grow? Is it resistant to disease? Um, is what kind of pollination partner does it need? Do I like this type of apple for, for the pollination partner? Um, is it interesting? Like I have, I have an apple called Arkansas black apple, which is an apple that's almost black in color. Cool. And then it's, it's supposedly really tough. My, my fruit trees haven't fruited yet. I planted three years ago and it takes like five years to start fruiting some things. And so I just got things that were really interesting. I was like, so, so I like this black apple. It supposedly is really tough at first, but then the three months in storage, it becomes really sweet. 
And then you can use it for like winemaking. And then I got an apple um, called Spitzenberg, which is good for uh, cider making. So so I wanted all these different areas. And I, I got like these plums that are called the bubblegum plum Ooh. that taste like bubblegum. And Yum. so I got I got like all the really cool varieties so that could be, you know, different. And that, like, it's exciting to me. It, it's so much more exciting than growing, you know, just broccoli and carrots. I was like, I want to grow the stuff that people have never heard of. I want to bring it to the farmer's market and be the most interesting person there. I want to bring something to this market that people have never seen or heard of because I don't want to be just like a regular grocery store. I want to be, I want to show you that there are more possibilities in life than what you see. So, so that's kind of where that started. And then, um, the research stuff for plants. Uh, I did research after my first year. I mean, I did research before that, but I learned that my broccoli wasn't growing at the same time as the carrots grew or at the same time as the eggplants were going to grow. And I learned the difference between cold weather and warm weather plants. And those have to go on the ground at different times. Some things you got to start indoors. So I needed to learn how to start seeds indoors. And that goes along with you got to have the right kind of lighting. You got to have the right kind of potting soil. I learned about fertilizer and mulch. So it really is a lifelong process of learning because no gardener is ever going to know everything. It's one of those things that it stays exciting because you learn more every year. So it's definitely not for everybody if you feel like you don't, you've, don't really want to learn you're not really passionate about it because you are going to have a black thumb if you don't really know what you're doing because there's a lot more involved than people realize so oh my yes absolutely like even now um I pay attention like at the grocery store because so I started going to the farmer's market actually and um I made a lot of friends there because (laughs) I love to talk so uh but I didn't know that there was that many apples so there's this one that does let me think they have like nuts too but they do um peaches for a while we're in georgia um so that's like a big deal uh but they have peaches when they're in season and then they do apples in the fall and they were saying all these names of apples i'm like what but then i found that i like there's a big difference in them. They look kind of sort of the same, but like say like a Honeycrisp or like a Macintosh or a whatever, and they they have a total different taste to them. But that's so interesting and awesome that you're just like that you wanted to be unique. And you're right. I think like if I was going to your farmer's market, I don't live where you live, obviously, but if I was going there, I would absolutely want to go visit you if you were there every week because learning and trying things that I wouldn't have access to, you know, and, and that would be awesome, especially if I liked it. Now I'm going to want to, you know, keep coming back to you whenever it's in season. So that's really smart. You're a smart businesswoman and it seems like you have a good head on your shoulders and 
don't ever stop researching good for you because <laughs> i mean you're right like you don't want to research the heck out of it to the point where you're like i don't want to do this anymore because i know everything uh but um but that's really good i think that your journey is awesome and your story is awesome because not everybody can do what you do it is so hard like just from my sister telling stories and i'm like oh my gosh or my grandparents actually on my um my mom's side they in the 20s owned a big huge property and farm and a store and during the great depression my great grandfather like almost went bankrupt because he was giving everybody ious because he didn't want people to starve and so just how she my my grandmother she passed away at 95 but she would tell us stories about how they would have to wake up at four in the morning and like you have to work before you go to school and then you have to work. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just lazy because I'm like, that sounds that sounds really hard. I don't know. But it gives you this determination and willpower of you can basically do anything because you've been literally working in the dirt and working your way up like you if you're hungry, you got to go get it. Right. And so that's what you said, like they're primitive. So that's really cool. What did your husband say when you wanted to do this? Was he game from the beginning or was he kind of like, well, I don't know. It's always been a fight. Always. Oh. <laughs> it's it's exactly what I want and not what he wants. So, so I, I, like you said, I'm very headstrong and very, I'm very stubborn. I, I know what I want and I go after it and I don't let anybody tell me otherwise. So it has been a struggle as far as that goes, like, especially with like some of the meat animals he did not, he was not on board with the rabbits. Um, and, uh, I was working way too much in the garden the first year because it was way too big and I was determined to make it work. So, so I spent the entire spring, summer and fall outside working in the garden eight hours a day. And wow. so he has not, he's been supportive. Um, and he lets me do what I do because, you know, there's no, he doesn't have another choice. I'm going to, but, but there are definitely like, I am, I, I feel like I'm getting more, um, more understanding this year as far as like things go. And, and, and I want to take his feelings into account more, um, because in the past it was all like, all about me like what I want to do and and I I do feel like I'm I'm being more understanding and and trying not to be so crazy with things and and go too too much like like the first year like I said I planted 40 different varieties of fruit I had a 2,500 square foot vegetable garden plus 10 other small gardens and then I had I added pigs goats turkey quail rabbits geese ducks you know I added everything and and then I needed his help in the first year and we needed to build all these structures and we were remodeling the house and, you know, our house was built in 1910. So it needs wow. updating. And uh, so, so he was thrown into all this work he didn't want to do. And now I'm, I'm just scaling back and, and realizing, you know what, this isn't what he wants. And if I want to keep doing it, I need to learn to do it myself um, as much as I can uh, because this is what I want. And it's not necessarily what he wants. And um, it has been a struggle as far as, you know, trying to find things to do together because we have different um, we have different interests. And uh, 
and in the past I was like, but we're, we're partners and, and I want, I want you to want these things, but I'm realizing that, you know, I, I can do my own thing and he can do it, his own thing. And I do need help sometimes. And I just need to not force it on him, you know? So, so I'm learning how to do things more, uh, more simply, I guess, and, yeah. and not, not make him do all this other stuff that he doesn't want to do. Yeah, that's, that's hard, though, because um, my fiance just built this thing, but he was like mad at me the whole time. <laughs> because it was like something that I, you know, whatever. And then he also I do stuff last minute. And mm -hmm. he does not do stuff last minute and it drives him crazy. And he'll be like, why do you always do stuff last minute? I'm like, but it's not last minute to me. <laughs> but I try like it's just I'm I take on a lot as well. Not physical stuff, not like that, but just like a lot of stuff. And so then sometimes, you know, I don't want to get overwhelmed. But if I ask for help. It usually is at the last minute because I wanted to try it myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why. Yeah. But yeah, I understand that dynamic. But they're supportive and they love you. But it's just like, it's a lot, you know, uh, mm -hmm. especially in your instance. That's a lot of physical labor and thinking, like brain-wise yeah. too. I mean, cognitive, like just building and thinking okay now no this has to go over here because you know this gets the most shade or this needs to go over here because it's away from this animal or whatever and um i wanted to just ask you one more thing so what animal makes the best because you you talked about the chickens uh skulls are too fragile so what does make the best say maybe necklace what animal's skull um, so it started with rabbit. So that I think, um, for necklaces is a good one because it's not as delicate as a bird's skull. But like I said, I do want to do other skulls encased in copper. Um, I just have to learn that process. It, mm -hmm. It's a little more involved than, you know, just dipping something in paint or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, I, I say the rabbit's um, are, are an easy thing to make into a necklace. Um, they're small. Uh, sometimes they get a little big and I, I won't put them on the necklace if they're huge. Um, but I have learned that like, they just don't sell as well as some of the other things. Like oh. people, they're really cool, but a lot of people don't wear them. So I'm learning to branch out and do something a little different. Okay. So this year is all about trial and error. Um, I'm going to all these events and trying all these different products, what sells, what doesn't. And it, it's been a journey. Like it's been uh, a lot of trial and error. And uh, so I don't, yeah, there's not a lot of really small skulls that aren't very delicate because a lot of the small skulls are bird. Um, and then, you know, I'm not going to go like really small with like mouse skulls and stuff like that. So yeah, the rabbits have been the only one that I really put on necklaces so far. And I've done like the jawbones as well. And then with like larger skulls like coyote and goat and deer, I'm doing just full skull mounts and I put them in frames and I, um, I, I like to make it artistic. And I started with uh, metallic paints. So I've done like bronze. I, I use a lot of bronze and things. I, I love bronze. Uh, yeah, bronze and copper I do a lot of. And then I, I use... um 
Sculpt Nouveau products. And I learned this from another YouTuber because he was doing a, a deer skull with a Sculpt Nouveau bronze. So it's it's like a paint base, but it's mixed with Roundup metal. Hmm. And then so you get you get a more like harder surface when it dries. And then it's also has like the shiny metal in it. So that's been a lot of fun to work with. I love metallic looking stuff. And then and then I put it in a frame and then I put like a, a, a backdrop and stuff and, and make it really pretty. Because I don't like just the regular white European mountains. I like to go all, all out and make it uh, artistic and fun. So. That does sound that sounds really pretty. So we didn't mention what is your the jewelry business? What is that called? It's called Moonlight Emporium. So you oh, can find it on Facebook. And then pretty. I also have an Etsy shop that one's called Moonlight Emporium KM. And I don't have a website yet. I just started my business last year and I'm, I'm still working through all the kinks and yeah, it, it's all, yeah, this year I'm like, I'm focused on trial and error. What do I want to make? Is it worth making? Does it sell? So that's what I'm working on now. Awesome. So what is your best seller so far? Uh, definitely rabbit foot keychains. That's what I actually started with. And um, since they are cheaper, like I sell the front feet for $5, back feet for $7. And so that's still a bestseller on Etsy. And I sell probably at least 10 a week. And uh, so, yeah, I haven't really gotten a lot of uh, traffic to the other things yet. And I think it's, I think there's a few reasons. One, it's, it's a cheaper item. It's easy to just click and say, I want this, I'll buy it. And then a lot of, not a lot of people make it because, you know, not a lot of people raise rabbits and, you know, eat them and then <laughs> make things with their, their parts. So not a lot of people make it. And then, but it's a searchable item. It's something that people know is a thing. Yeah. Like, like people aren't searching rabbit skull necklace. They're searching rabbit foot keychain, you know, yeah, so so far it's that, um, and then I do still sell a few at at the events, but not as much as I do online. Um, but I do make more money at the events than I ever do online. So, so right now, yeah, it's kind of like I don't have any one bestseller at the events. That people kind of just buy a little bit of everything, but online it's definitely those. So cool. So, wow. Okay. Now, what would your advice be for someone that wants to start a uh, a homestead? Like what's well, obviously you need some land, but what what's uh, like the number one tip other than getting a place? <laughs> yeah, I would say there's so many different things that that come up. Um, first, it's make sure that you have a passion for what you do before you do it, because it is a lot of work and. If you don't have a passion for it, you are going to give up within the first two years because my first two years, everything went wrong. All the animals were dying. All the plants were dying. Uh, I had to rebuild structures all the time because I didn't do it right the first time. You know, always build things right the first time instead of cheap because you're going to have to redo it. It's going to be more expensive in the long run because you're going to realize I have to go the expensive route um, because these ghosts keep escaping or, you know this is already falling apart. So I used, you know, just random wood from around the farm that I found, you know? So, you know, it's, uh, before you start a homestead, make sure that you really want it. Um, and then 
yeah, build things right the first time. Don't bring animals home that you don't have a place for. I definitely did this in the beginning. That's the one thing that I was really impulsive about was I see a cute animal and I buy it. So I just kept buying <laughs> animals. I had a like quick chase them. We need to build an enclosure for these animals because I just bought 10 of them. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think that would be my best advice is to expect failure and know that failure is a learning tool and that you will learn so much more by actually doing it than you will researching it. So be impulsive in that way, but don't be so impulsive that you have no idea what you're doing. And don't be discouraged when your animals die or when, you know, something doesn't work out the right way because you will have animals that die and it's hard. But every single homesteader goes through this and it's not always your fault. Sometimes it is, but you know, you got to have grace with yourself. You know, I've had sometimes I've had a couple diseases in my flocks that I could have prevented, but I didn't really know how to prevent it beforehand. I had about 70 rabbits at one time and I know that they die in heat and we had a, a heat wave. So I brought them all down to the basement for about a month while well, the heat wave was here because they would have died out there and then they all got coccidia which is a disease that they get oh. from being on the ground and then and I, I lost about 30 of them <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah so I've had I definitely had times where you know it was my fault but it happens and I'm not gonna you know cry about it yeah, of course I cry <laughs> of course it's hard of course it's you know it's stressful but you have to expect that and and kind of have a thicker, develop a thicker skin when you do this, because uh, you're, you're going to have, you're going to learn very quickly that you're going to have a lot of disappointment, especially in the beginning. But I'm in my fourth year now, and things are really running smoothly right now. Um, and I'm learning to cut back on things and, and really focus on just a few things. And it helps a lot because back in the day, it was very stressful. There was so much. So start small. That's, that's a big thing too. start small and grow from there. Awesome advice. So where can we find you? You told us about your Etsy, but do you have a, you don't have a website, but do you have, um, like, if you know, are you going to be in a farmer's market, you already have it scheduled and somebody in the area can find you or um, I'm not doing farmers markets this year. I'm okay. doing um, other events for my for my oddities business. So I go to like witchcraft events and um and oddities events and things like that because that's where people are gonna buy my stuff. But I post it. I post everything on my um Facebook page, Moonlight Emporium. Okay. And you'll see it's me because my name, Kristen Mays. It should say somewhere on there that it's me. Um. And then I do have a podcast called Live Your Passion. You can find that on um, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, and I think Am or Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. And I do also have a private Facebook group called Live Your Passion that goes along with the podcast that you can join. And hopefully I'll have a website next year, but right now it's kind of like, I don't really feel like I'm fully developed yet to to really dive into that yet. So I, I'm pretty much tied to Facebook. I've tried Instagram and I just can't get into it. So 
eventually I'll branch out. Yeah, I like Instagram, but it took me like a year to figure out what the heck was going on. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, Kristen, you're awesome. Keep up the good work and you work so hard. So it definitely will pay off and working that hard, you know, is, is for a reason. So I can't wait to see how successful you get and just the joy that you like exude when you're talking about it is really cool. So thank you so much for coming and talking to us and you have a great day and good luck with all your businesses. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye. That was cool. So how awesome is that? She doesn't let anything go to waste and she learns and researches. That's so awesome. Like I said, I wish I researched things more than I do. So Kristen Mays, go check her out. And Moonlight Emporium. That's really neat. My daughter would like to have a rabbit's foot, I'm pretty sure. So I'm going to check it out too. Thank you for watching and listening. Thank you for being awesome, awesome audience. I love you guys so much. And thanks for listening to the Authentic Points of View podcast. I will talk to you and see you next Wednesday. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart